everybody, it's time to roll for intent with the creator's corner. And you know what? We are, we have our own feed. We have, you know, this is great. We have tons of people that are now actually asking to be here. How did this go right? I, I really don't know. Honestly, I'm, I'm as surprised as you. I still don't quite know what I'm doing. It's a big mystery. And today, when I got in here, there's a guy just sitting over here. And I was like, hi. And he's like, hi, I, I've got some stuff I'd love to talk to you guys about. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, really weird to find somebody in my favorite chair when I wasn't expecting them. Oh, I'm sorry. I would have swapped if you wanted. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Well, with that uh, very eager voice... That's our new friend, uh, Archon. I think he'll be staying with us for a little while. I don't know how he got here, but uh, we were talking, and it seems he's pretty adept with a lockpick, so that probably explains a few things. Uh, yeah, um, your security guard, real nice guy. Um, his birthday's coming up, believe it or not. Oh, got to love a little social engineering. Yeah. Hi. So Archon is the writer of a lot of fun stuff. You, you, you. If you look for him on Infinite, you'll find things like uh, Inquisitor class, Brawler class. But, you know, today we didn't really go with a class. He was one of the contributors for the Cryptids Expanded, and you all know how much I love Cryptids. And uh, we will be reviewing that content eventually. We just haven't gotten around to talking about it. But it's, it's in the docket. I have purchased it. I have read it. We haven't gotten to it. But today we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk about... From the archive, and this is a fun little play on words for Archon, A-R-K-I-V-E, musing on psychics. And alongside that, this is a, a first for us, I think. We're reviewing two pieces, uh, two documents today. Not only amusing on psychics, but also scraps from Sir Sigmund Sturm's spellbook, which I'm really excited to talk about. I remember seeing this on Infinite when I first made an Infinite account and wondering what this was, not buying it, because as we've talked about on the show before, I used to be really skeptical of Pathfinder Infinite stuff, like just skeptical of third-party stuff in general. Uh, and I'm glad I'm not anymore. And I'm glad I read this thing because it is so cool and I cannot wait to get into it. It's, it's a really neat piece of reading beyond the mechanical aspects of it. Yeah, the, the, the spellbook is really probably about, I would say, almost 70% story and 30% spell game content. But it is such a fun read, and I absolutely loved the way that you brought all of this together because I had so much fun reading all of it. And the spells were very well done, too. I looked over all of them, and I, I couldn't find one that I thought, well, you know, maybe that one's a little out of touch. I actually really enjoyed all of them. Thank you. Um, that one was meant to be a very quick pro product that I just got in, made all the spells, didn't say anything, and left. And then I just kind of started getting into doing the fiction part of it and it kept rolling and I'm like, I think I like the, the actual story part of this more than the spells. The spells were finished really quick, but the story is where I put a bit more focus because I don't get a lot of chance to do story when you're just making a, a class, which is what I mostly do, but it's just something a bit out of my comfort zone and I'm glad I did it. I really loved Lightning Bugs, your, your third level spell there. 
that one, oh, that cracked me up. I just, I was like, ooh, I really actually want this spell. Uh, yeah, um, it, it says in the text that there, I didn't actually write it out, but there is a fire version called Fireflies, in case you uh, could not believe your eyes. <laughs> oh, God, Owl City. I'm a fan of that reference. I appreciate that you're a fan. So, just a little bit of background on what this is. You know, we just kind of jumped into the content. Or right. The, the, con- the, the actual mechanical content of this. But the whole idea is really neat. And I remember when you told me about this. Um, and this, I think, has all of the hallmarks of like a really neat origin story, not only for the PC in this instance, which was the inspiration of this, but for you as a content creator. Now, I don't know where this lies in your whole, uh, in your progression. However, this is the exact sort of content that I see people homebrewing and thinking, this is really cool. I should publish this and never getting around to do it for various reasons. So tell me a little bit about what this is and the story behind it. So last, I want to say, uh, winter, I finished my epic 20 level D and D five E game that I play on Fridays with my friends. And of course, right after that, I'm asking people what they want for the next campaign. Cause as a forever GM, there's always another campaign you want to run. And one of my friends came up to me and said, hey, I have an idea for a character, um, a wizard inspired by this cool podcast you should listen to, which turned out to be the Magnus Archives, um, which I did enjoy. And I want to make spells for him that he's forgotten and throughout the game he's going to find and get back access to. Would you be willing to do that with me? And I said yes. And eventually it got to a point where it was like, these are these could actually be made into good spells that people like and people want to use. I should just put this on infinite. So once I finished making uh, my second ever product, the Inquisitor, I started on this thinking oh, it'll be a week. It did not take a week. Um, took a bit more time, but uh, I think that that was the right call. So this was also my first time I'm, uh, that I ever really went into kind of the more fiction um, and like telling a story instead of just presenting mechanics. Um, so the, the character, Sigmund Sturm, uh, is a wizard, uh, Rune Lord specifically, but um, it's meant to be a bit ambiguous here whether he's a wizard or a magus. Um, and he, he has a, a family who's made of inventors and alchemists and all kinds of people who have really high intelligence and really low wisdom, and he's special because he has a 10 wisdom as opposed to a 6. And these are the spells that he made throughout uh, a project of building up to making a spell where you can basically become an avatar of the storms. And um, you get to kind of see each uh, progression along the way as he's moving forward towards this goal, including where he slips up and he becomes unable to finish it before the, uh, before the spellbook ends and one of his apprentices, a bard, basically finishes the the work making a 10th level spell yeah it's it's really interesting how you go through this whole walk of sigmund sturm's hubris all the way to the end uh and and his taking on of the apprentice and that the end of it is truly his apprentice trying to finish his final work i don't want to give any more away than that but 
Sigmund Sturm is a really cool character here, um, and I would have loved to see him in action. He's a very interesting character to see in action when I'm actually playing as the DM and the uh, players playing as the character, just because he he still has that arrogance even after the end of this document. He's very arrogant, but he's humbled by the fact that he knows he messed up once and he could mess up again. So about how long did it take you? You said like the spells were ready, but you had to, the story was more difficult. Was it you stepping a little bit out of your comfort zone to do the story portion? Or was it just you trying to confer with the player that it was based on and you trying to compare notes and rewrites and stuff? Was it, was it a comfort issue or was it a, I have to get this perfect issue? So when I started making this, I had um, five of the spells ready, like the, the, the lowest five uh, leveled spells. I think uh, lightning bugs were, uh, had to be trained. It changed from something to lightning bugs just because the original version just didn't work. Um, so part of the time was me making the spells, but the vast majority was me just kind of getting out of my comfort zone and writing about this. The, the player was totally fine with me doing this. I asked him and he said that that sounds awesome. And I, I believe at one point I had his name in the doc, just kind of thanking him for making the character. But then I asked him if he wanted that and he said, no, you've made most of this. So a lot of it was just kind of figuring out how this story goes, because I knew the start and end points. But uh, I think like a lot of stories, you just don't know the middle until you get right into it. Now, the other document you have now, I don't want to gloss over Sigmund Sturm because I really like this. And I think it has it. Honestly, the spells are flavorful. They're interesting. They have a story behind them. You can make the spell book as something that somebody actually finds like a journal you can make this an item, right? It's really cool. Right. I don't want to gloss over this. It's a lovely little document. It's, it's, it's a pretty quick read. I think I read it in, you know, probably I grokked it in about an hour. You know, you could probably blaze through this in 15, 20 minutes. But, you know, to really understand it, take a good hour, read it. Uh, but the content is great. It is concise. It is evocative of what you're trying to do with this book. Um, and anybody that's listened knows that I'm a sucker for solid theming throughout content. And this is solid. I love this. How much is this on Infinite for right now? This is, I believe, on there for uh, four or so, do- uh, like $3.99, $4. But I, every once in a while, I, when there's a bundle that goes up, I throw it in. And so it's with all that other stuff, and it's like half off usually. I can put a big old stamp of worth it on this one. I'm a fan. Oh, absolutely. And the, you know, just for the listeners, yes, all of this is numerous spells all of them kind of storm themed and you know there are spells for every single level so that you kind of have an idea of what you're getting into when you get this it is the journey of this rune lord trying to make his magnum opus and the steps he takes to get there this would be a really cool just a campaign item to find in some loot in a dungeon it could be something in a disused corner of a bookshop this really fits anywhere and it's neat it's a really good tool for a gm to add some more spells into the game if somebody was to do this like if you're a gm i absolutely think you should buy this and just give it to a wizard not knowing um, the wizard, not knowing what it is, it just shows up. Uh, you bought a bag inside of the bag was this book, no idea how it got there. Really cool plot device, I think. 
And one of the goals with especially the way it looks and the way it's uh, each each page is basically one chapter in the story is that you can print out all the pages and you can take one page and give it to your wizard and take another page and put it somewhere else and kind of layer out this uh, mystery of who the heck this guy is, where his you know scrolls from his spell book are just all over the place. And even if this doesn't sound like something that maybe you're a hundred percent, you know, I don't, I don't have anyone that uses magic or, you know, the, a storm theme. None of my characters really doing that. This is still a really great read and inspiring. And sometimes that's one of the most important things is to get something to look at, read through. And when you're done, you're like, Oh yeah, I could do, you know, I I could make a, a half a dozen of my next game sessions could be along this theme of, you know, warp it around of, you know, someone that has lost a spell book or someone that's writing it, but half of it was stolen. There, there's a ton of stuff in here that's very, very inspiring. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought you did such a great job with it. Well, thank you very much, both of you. Bravo. Big kudos on this one. Now, I want to pivot to the other one, which right. I keep... It keeps getting put in a weird space in my mind because of the name. I'm using on Psychics. It's called AMP, and AMP is a class feature for Psychics, and I'm (laughs) sure that was 100% intentional, but every time I look at it, I'm like, wait, what am I reading again? That's what this is. I think I messed up several times that are probably going to be cut from this interview of me calling it something stupid because I could not remember what the name was. It was was almost called something much much less interesting of just Archon's Archive. I think it was like Psionic Secrets, spelled with a P.S. for secrets. But that oh, was... that's fun. I love a little <laughs> fun alliteration. I think I went overboard with, uh, with uh, Sigmund's spellbook, because that thing is... How, ma- how many S's is in the beginning? No, six, that's, that's a lot. Six S's in the title. Yep. Um, but I, I decided to go with AMP because I realized I could do Amusing on Psychics. I think it was Archon's Amusing on Psychics, but I'm like, I don't need to put my name on everything. Uh, it's I can just, from the it's, archive. It yeah. is from the archive, yes. Uh, most of my stuff is titled Archon's Archive, and I thought, you know, this isn't really originating from the archive with a K. This is uh, So I guess I should probably get into kind of the meta story about this. Um, the meta story for AMP is that basically um, the Archon, whose name is spelled exactly like mine, but is not me, it's basically thrown into Galarian, but uh, it's the character I kind of puppeteer. Oh, come um, on, everyone loves a good self-insert. Not everyone I've learned. Not everyone, but... Those people are wrong. So the Archon, at one point went into the dark archive before it was lost and went around and stole a bunch of documents. And one of those documents was a journal from a psychic who was part of the dark archive known as a uh, fulminator Zai or fulminator Psi. I don't know how to, spe- how to pronounce that Greek letter. Um, the fulminator thing, I need to give complete credit to, uh, uh, Sasha Laranoa Harving. That was uh, not my idea. I just stole it, asked permission, and uh, Nove gave it to me. Every time I read the name, I was thinking Deltron 3030, the Fulminator. 
every time I heard it, I heard I heard it in my head. <laughs> See, I was thinking Fulminator Mage from uh, Magic the Gathering. See, I don't know MTG very well. The Fulminator Mage in that game is this like sentient flame person, but they're in a swamp, so you can't really tell where like the wood ends and where they begin. So they just kind of look like this swamp fire elemental, which looks sick. Um, so the Archon stole this stuff from the Dark Archive. This was a Infinite Masters product, actually, for um, the release of Dark Archive, and it came out uh, the same day that Dark Archive released as um, a bunch of us in a uh, wave got made into Infinite Masters, and we all were really excited to make stuff, and this was one of the things that I made. So the Archon stole stuff from the Dark Archive and put it in the Archive with a K, and uh, you are basically reading the documents that the Archon is allowing you to. So I remember back when the playtest came out for Thaumaturge right. and Psychic, when there was much rejoicing. There was also a little wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yes. Because we did not have, yet again, we were denied the ability to have a wisdom-based spontaneous spellcaster. You seem to have corrected that mistake with this, with the sheer uh, force conscious mind. Yes, that was, I think, the day that that came out, or a few days after that, I said, I want there to be wisdom psychics, and I made the original version of the sheer force. Um, I think originally it was just called like force of will, because uh, that's the that's the kind of idea I'm going for with this is that uh, you're basically pushing your force of will out into the world, and that's what's making all these spells happen. So uh, for me, it was if I was going to make something for psychic, th- this had to be there because I made it when the playtest document was still brand new. Did you find it challenging kind of balancing some of the, you know, the augments to the cantrips, which is, you know, the psychics bread and butter, but they are a little bit all over the place. And I've certainly seen people that are like, Oh, I I think these are too powerful. And people like, no, they, you know, they hit just the right spot of that power level. They have the reduced casting. Plus they run off of the occult field, but then, you know, each different, you know, subconscious conscious mind, you know, augments your spell options and things like that. So of all the classes, I actually do feel the psychic is one of the most challenging to try to develop new stuff for because it is difficult to really amp up those cantrips and make them competitive because it's such a challenge when you're making this third party content that you don't want to go overboard at the same time. You don't want to be, you know, a wet whistle. You you don't want to. Oh, okay. I went. I, I undertuned this because I was too afraid of making it too powerful. Yet no one's ever going to use that now. So it, it is definitely a fine line, and it is very tricky. <laughs> that is easily the that is easily the hardest part of making these is kind of finding that sweet spot. And it's not like you're aiming for a bullseye. You're aiming to get in the you know middle five rings, um, which I think um, is what I always try to go for. But um, yeah, that that was definitely a a concern of mine. Um, 
And one of the ways around that is um, not not just more damage isn't always interesting. And I, I tried to kind of have the different amps not just be die size increase, extra die, something like that. And I think that definitely helped make it more, uh, get more towards that sweet spot. And I do want to say for our listeners, I personally think you did a very excellent job in the ones that you did. I I looked them over and they had a lot of flavor to them. And, you know, they were right there on par with a lot of the other psychic stuff. So you put a lot of thought and research into this and it it shines through quite clearly. Thank you very much. I want to dive a little bit into this conscious mind uh, because it's really neat. And back to really cool theming. I love it. Uh, it's called the Caustic Mark. And uh, the side cantrips that we've given, the standard ones that you get, you know, we always right. augment two cantrips off the bat when we get a psychic uh, conscious mind. And this goes right jam in the face with, oh, look, the psychic is an offensive, ca- offensive caster because it's yes. two of my favorite cantrips. Acid Splash, which is always fun, always useful. Never a dull moment with Acid Splash. You could do so much with it. But I know this is Christian's favorite cantrip, and it's one of my favorites. Gouging Claw coming in for the one-two punch of being able to be amplified. And when you amp Gouging Claw, it makes it so that they cannot regain the full amount of hit points when it's been amped. So it's like it's leaving something behind that continues to burn them. Uh, Acid Splash increases the damage dice and and deals some splash damage. because. You know it's a splash, right? So give it some, give it some pizzazz. Add to that splash. Uh, so caustic mark. Um, originally, I had a, a concept for something that just it didn't work out. I didn't feel comfortable making um, uh, what the what the core idea was, um, which was like toxic relationships. And I think that that was probably the better choice that I didn't go for that because I don't think that that would be fun to play as. But I wanted to do something with Acid, because we get Pyromancers all the time. We get uh, Cryomancers all the time. We get Storm Mages all the time. And yet Acid is this forgotten child of energy damage types. I I learned that there's not an Acid damage spell, leveled spell, for each spell level in Pathfinder. So I ended up needing to kind of reach into something else. And that ended up being basically, uh, congratulations, you are a psychic poison dart frog. Um, I, I, I describe it as uh, your, your thoughts are streaked with vivid colors, kind of like how poisonous animals often have those uh, colors, but poison damage is um, not always the most fun. So I made it acid and poison damage. And I think that that worked out pretty well so acid splash i i wanted to make it clear that this is not just you're a psychic and you can manifest acid it's you're a psychic and your thoughts are acidic so that's why acid splash you can have it target this uh creature's will dc instead just for being this kind of psychic when you do that the splash damage is mental instead of acid because you're basically thinking at them as opposed to actually generating a new blob of acid in your hand. 
I will say you you nullified one of the top reasons I always tell people to take acid splashes beginning casters because one of the most common enemies is skeletons and they are resistant to almost everything but acid. But with that splash damage and persistent damage being mental, it it negates that poor guys. <laughs> well, that's why you get close and use Gouge and Claw. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm not saying there's not ways around it. I'm just, <laughs> I, I agree with you. It is often a very overlooked cantrip. Very few people I actually see take it. And I sometimes think people are intimidated by Splash because they are afraid to hurt their allies because they're always up in there fighting the enemy. And they're like, oh, I don't want to deal a point of damage to them. So they end up going with a cantrip that they don't have to worry about that. I've seen that as well. Produce Flame, Electric R. Um, what's, the, what's the cold one? Uh, Ray of Frost. Ray of Ray Frost. Frost. I don't know how I forgot that. Um, Ray of Frost, Telekinetic Projectile. That you know, those are always more popular in my games. But I like Acid Splash, so I put it into a subclass. Yeah, I, and I really like how you know you're thinking. Oh, I want to do poison, but let's make it acid as well because if you're poison, then even undead with mind are going to probably be immune to it as well so it was really good to not pigeonhole the damage type too hard by making it poison only but i don't want to get stuck on this one because there Correct. is another conscious mind in this book in yes, this document there is. it's called the thought beat which is really really interesting it's almost like the combination of like a chronomancer and a bard Almost not quite little column A, little a column B, but it is a really, really neat uh, conscious mind. Again, thematically, you know, you are your your standard side cantrips are going to be haunting him and time sense uh, doing uh, uh, a larger an- emanation instead of just a cone. Um, you can choose things that they don't affect back to, oh, well, we don't want to hurt our allies with our cantrip at level one, right? Right. And your amp makes the cone larger, right? Uh, time sense is a really, really fun one. It kind of allows you to get the benefit of your time sense uh, before your next turn, rather than having to wait for it to essentially kick in like you normally would have uh, with a regular version of the spell. It's like, oh, you get it now. You know, it, it makes that, once again, a cantrip that is probably overlooked a bit uh, and gives it more utility for somebody, especially somebody that's new, that doesn't really know what they're going to do to, to plan uh, for the next turn or doesn't really think that far ahead because maybe they're new to the game. And Psychic is already a really intimidating class for a newbie. And anything that you can do to make it less intimidating... And I think anything that you can do, like Christian said, to give more utility to these cantrips that don't typically get used, like Haunting Him, like Time Sense, like Acid Splash, I think it's good as a whole because it's broadening people's options and broadening people's exposure to the different portions of the system that they might not see. Right. Uh, when Dark Archive was coming out, the only cantrip in the entire book that wasn't a psi cantrip was time sense and i thought that that seemed odd i thought that, that seemed like it was being i don't know left out of uh the cantrip fun time so that as much as just the idea of basically someone 
thinking in the same way that a heart beats. That's why it's called the thought beat, is thinking in that steady rhythm. I, I thought that that was something I wanted to do, basically make a overall very um, utility cantrip with time sense into something that actually becomes a really good tool in your arsenal and it lets you plan ahead. You're literally thinking about time because you're thinking about how you're going to use the bonus from time sense off of your turn. Whether that be like you're aiding an ally with a role or something else. Right. Being able to use it and and delay the action of it is super useful when you're going to be starved for actions because you're a caster already. It's hard to justify an aid action when you've got to already, you know, use two actions to cast a spell and maybe move out of danger, move into range. It allows them to think a lot more tactically about how they play when they wouldn't normally be afforded that opportunity. Right. So we're getting to the part of the show where we usually ask people about their influences, uh, what, what brought them into creating. Uh, and I think you've kind of gone over that with the Sigmund Sturm stuff, and I'm not sure where that landed quite in your creator journey, because you're fairly prolific on Infinite. You're one of the Infinite Masters, which means you have a certain level of capability, uh, Paizo believes, and I, I, I would agree with them a certain level of familiarity with the system. But when you first started out, when you first started writing content to be published, was there anything that you did not know then that you know now that you wish that Baby Archon would have known? Um, there's a lot of shortcuts in the uh, neat program known as Microsoft Word, which I wish I had known just because they would have made... I'll, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. Uh, the first first product I uploaded on Infinite was um, was my Brawler class. That did not look pretty. Uh, one of the other creators, uh, Dustin Knight, he did a... We love Dustin. He's been on the show. Yeah. I think everyone in the community loves Dustin, or they should. They should. If they don't, he's great. If he, you don't, shame he, on you, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> this is more about you than him, if you don't like Dustin. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know... Uh, I don't know what's what's up with you if you if you don't like him, but he does get way too much enjoyment about reading about wool, though. I will say that. There's, I mean, everybody's got their kink, man. Let him different, have it. Different, different strokes, I guess. <laughs> so, it was last year, right after Christmas. I specifically remember it because it was right after Christmas, and I had nothing to do. I uploaded Brawler, and then, like the the Friday after that. Dustin put it into a compilation of 2021 Infinite titles, and you can still see how bad it looked. It was not pretty. I, I hope that nowadays it is more appealing to the eyes, but there's that. But beyond that is just talk, talk to people who play the game differently than you. Talk to people who you know think and do stuff differently than you. Because uh, I, I talk to a bunch of people uh, in a bunch of different um, Discord servers, on Reddit, on not so much. I don't actually talk to them on Paizo forums, but I do read posts on Paizo's forums and see what people are saying and see what people like about certain things and dislike about certain things. I think that we could all see that wisdom was missing from the psychic when it first came out. And even when it was released, it was still missing. 
So that's where I went with AMP, and that's kind of what inspired me there for the uh, subconscious mind. Almost all of the stuff I make, uh, I make for two people. I make for either myself or I make for my friends. And sometimes that means I make an entire you know, book based off of that character's backstory. Sometimes that means I make an entire Inquisitor class because that's my friend's favorite class that he loved playing in a Pathfinder first edition. And that it's worked for me. I, I just, I really like making stuff. And if I have a person to justify it as four, that is all the better for me, at least. Well, and it just goes for, you know, we've said it numerous times on the show for people that are possibly thinking about creating stuff. You know, you just have to create something that you are passionate about and that will shine through. And I promise you that no matter what it is that you enjoy, there are other people out there that like it as well. And as long as you are putting in that research and that, you know, just racking your brain for, days and days is this balanced oh let me check it and you know if you're worried about all of those things you're going to be fine and just you just got to go through and just you have to start and you just have to see it through and once you do that the next one gets easier and after that and after that and you get better at it as time goes on so it's the the fear is the biggest thing that holds you back fear is the mind killer and more than that get it in front of people because, yes, every once in a while you will get someone, uh, it's happened to me when I did stuff for 5th edition, you'll get people who just say it's bad because they don't like it or they don't like you. But, you know, you're going to get a lot more people, especially in the Pathfinder 2nd edition community. The Infinite community is incredibly supportive. Um, they, they celebrate every success. They celebrate Every time something new and interesting and cool comes out, especially from new creators. Um, and if you get it in front of people, you're going to get not only probably people saying what they like about it, but if people say something is wrong with it, that's great feedback for what to change. And most people, if they tell you something's wrong with it, they aren't going to say it's terrible. It's the worst thing ever. They're going to be like, yeah, I think that this could probably be changed. Or this is not really standard with this other feat that you forgot existed. The number of times I've learned about class feats from the swashbuckler, the witch, the, even the fighter that I didn't know existed just because I was looking for a similar effect. I, I could not count the times. One of the things that we've heard over and over and over again, probably the most consistent bit of wisdom that we've got it, is do it. Yes. And that seems pretty consistent. Get it in front of people. Do it. Because if you're not doing it, you're never going to get better. And one of the things that I really like that you've brought up that I don't think we've had anybody else bring up, but it's something that I've been very, very open about in the production of our stuff, you know, Roman Neville stuff, our 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 main show, this show. I want people to tell me what they don't like as long as they have constructive ways to fix it, right? Yes. Embrace constructive criticism, even if you disagree with it, even if you end up eschewing the criticism and continuing on the path, 
you at least have given thought to the other perspective and it has sharpened your own vision. So embrace it, people. Somebody saying it's bad just because it's bad is not constructive criticism. Somebody saying, oh, I hated that you did this for this reason. Maybe hate would have been the bad word. Bad. Maybe hate wouldn't have been the right word for it. But just because that constructive criticism is couched in them being a jerk, which a lot of people are, doesn't mean it's not valuable constructive criticism, right? So, so avoid that tendency to be overprotective of your babies when uh, they're destroying the store, right? That was a really weird metaphor. I just went there, but watch your <laughs> no, damn kids. I've, I've seen this exact situation play out. Yeah, you just write it write it down show it to people who you know who are your friends show it to people who you know who maybe you don't count as quite friends but who you like who you appreciate their opinions and eventually if if you never put it out there you'll never get better well if you never practice you'll never get better if you never put it out there you'll never actually know what you need to improve on i um fun fact I tended to make my stuff way too weak for a long time. Um, the uh, the Inquisitor I made um, is still probably a bit too weak. The Warlord I made used to have like everything that was really cool in it at like 16th level, 18th level. But I talked to people, and even though some of them weren't the most uh, diplomatic in their criticism, they were never they were never <laughs> cruel. They were never jerks about it. Um, and it, it came out in a way that I'm really proud of it. Same with, same with this. Uh, I went through probably five different um, cantrips, uh, five different specific conscious mind psi cantrips that were new. And for each of these, that went through a bunch of different iterations. And I would send them to people who I knew. And that's how I got it to be where it is. I, I you can't just sit down and hope that you get there. Yeah, I definitely, I, yeah, I will say that I've, I've released a few things that, you know, asking open play tests for a class I was working on. And one of the people giving feedback on the Reddit forum, the guy was just coming off really heavy handed and honestly being a jerk. And I said, Hey, you know, you've actually brought up a lot of really good points, but you're being a jerk. Why are you, why are you doing this? Like, you could have said this in so many different ways, but the way you said it and, you know, as you said, the community is actually really good. He, he's like, actually, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come off that way. And rereading it, I see your point. And we had a really great conversation and he gave me a lot of good information that I felt that, you know, I'm definitely going to use from the playtest. So, you know, sometimes just because you do see that, it's OK to also speak up for yourself and say, you know, I. I didn't appreciate that. Why, why are you approaching this in this manner? And they're like, oh, I didn't know I was. <laughs> yeah, most people that are jerks are unintentionally so, especially on the internet. They don't, they always forget that there's another person on the other side of the screen. Um, yeah, that about wraps it up for the week. Uh, Archon, it has been great having you. And I just want to remind our listeners that I just want to let our listeners know that we really enjoyed this stuff and we definitely think this is fabulous content and we would love for you to support Archon in his projects. And, you know, do you have anything else that you'd like to say before we head out? 
Yeah, anything that we can find out about you. Where where can listeners find more stuff from Archon? Uh, well, obviously, I'm I'm on Infinite. I really don't do much on social media too much, but if you find your way over to the Infinite Possibilities Discord, I I'm over there pretty pretty damn frequently. I guess I should probably say I'm uh, working on a project that should come out, should already be out probably by the time this is out. Um, I'm working on a Revenant undead archetype, so look out for that. Something to go with that background. Yes. (laughs) Look out for that. That means two things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for coming on, Archon. It's been a pleasure. And from us at Roll for Intent, I'm Trevor. And I'm Christian. And as always, you guys have a great week. You have a really good taste in seats, you know. Yeah, thanks for keeping it warm for me, bud. Oh, you're welcome. Bye, y'all. <laughs>